everyone, and welcome to episode number 161 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 162 of Receptopia continues. Happy Tuesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was Monday Night Raw going down live from the Van Andel Arena in Grand Rapids, Michigan. As the road to WrestleMania continues, we are a little over a month away from the biggest show of the year going down over two nights from SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. And last night's episode of Monday Night Raw was I... It was a show that existed for three hours. We had one major title change, which I enjoyed. And I really enjoyed a match that deserved a bit more time in my estimation. But I love what I got for the time it was given, which I'll get to shortly. But I want to point out a couple of things from last night's show that I did not care for. And it's the WrestleMania opponents for Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Brock and Bobby got beef still. Ongoing beef dating back to SummerSlam 2021. And here we are about a month away from WrestleMania and we got Brock Lesnar feuding with Omos and Bobby Lashley having a very weird feud against Bray Wyatt for reasons. And I was on the Bray Wyatt train upon his return last fall. I'm off the train now. We're back in the Firefly Funhouse and I'm not feeling it. It feels like a retread of something that was cool years ago, but I'm over it now. I was intrigued by Wyatt's return last fall at Extreme Rules. I like the idea of the Wyatt Six and what Uncle Howdy was supposed to be, but it's dragged on too long and we're running in circles right now. And I am not here for the shenanigans of things that worked back in 2019 that's not going to be as well received today. And it's dependent on how the fans feel at large. If they're buying his merchandise, fantastic. But Bray Wyatt, for me right now, isn't hitting. And there was a concept with the QR codes, which were genius, a clue to scan the code on your phone, get some riddles and tidbits and follow the trail. It was fun. It was exciting. And ever since then, it's like, well, we're back to where we were around this time a couple of years ago, and I'm not here for it. So hopefully things get better, but Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania is a styles clash, and we'll see how both guys fare at the end of the day. Then we have Brock Lesnar accepting Omos' challenge in the MVP VIP lounge and Brock Lesnar is great as Cowboy Brock having jokes for days as MVP tries to sell Omos as a giant that Brock Lesnar cannot take down but Brock loves a good challenge he wants to shake on it and drink some white lightning and MVP wants his own bubbly and Brock sips his drink from his canteen he tosses it over to MVP MVP sips and he spits the drink in Brock Lesnar's face and Brock is going to wipe his face with MVP's lapel and it's all good supposedly until MVP is F5'd by Brock Lesnar to end the segment and it was all right but once again Styles Clash Omos is passable as a giant in WWE but he's far from a great worker he is not very good in terms of the mechanics and natural nuances of being a professional wrestler but the selling point of this match is Brock suplexing dude and f5ing him for the world to see and that will be things that will be played on a highlight reel for years to come Omos will get his licks in on Brock but at the end of the day Brock lifting dude up for an f5 will be the thing that people remember most from their match at WrestleMania whenever it takes place either on night one or night two 
next month. But choices regarding both Brock and Bobby's opponents heading into the heart of WrestleMania season. But we did kick off the show last night with the bloodline, Jimmy Uso alongside his brother Solo Sokoa, minus Jey Uso in tow as Jimmy is talking about all of the alleged dissension within the bloodline, cracks in the family. But Jimmy says family fight all the time. That does not mean we don't love each other. We do. We just go through our shit publicly sometimes. But he goes into people that try to crack the armor, such as Kevin Owens, and he got put down. Sami Zayn had the biggest match of his life for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship in his hometown of Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and he got put down by the bloodline. You think Cody Rhodes has a shot against Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion at WrestleMania? He's going to get put down by the bloodline. And as Jimmy's bragging about the bloodline being in your city and how they're stronger than ever, you have the Street Profits coming out to kind of rattle Jimmy a little bit saying that hmm, the family's not as strong. Jay's not here. He's not standing by your side right now. You're talking all this junk on our show. What you going to do about it? And there's a match between the Street Profits versus Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa, which takes place after the commercial break when the Profits got the jump on Jimmy and Solo. And we come back and Angela Dawkins eats a hip attack in the corner by Solo, but he avoids a second hip attack and makes the hot tag to Montez forward after landing a running back elbow. And he is going to deliver strikes a back suplex and he's setting moonsault on Jimmy for a near fall. Ford goes for a beautiful crossbody off the top rope to Jimmy as well for a close near fall. So Ampanoas to Montez Ford. Jimmy makes a blind tack to Solo Sokoa. Solo's in the ring, but in doing so, Montez Ford lands a spine buster on Jimmy, makes a tag to Angelo Dawkins, and Montez goes up top for the Doomsday blockbuster, but Solo shoves Montez Ford. He takes a gnarly bump on the floor, and that allows Solo to take control by landing a super kick and the Samoan spike on Angelo Dawkins for the one, two, three. After the match is over, the attack continues on Dawkins as Solo wraps a chair around his neck. He's going to deliver the hip attack in the corner to Kevin Owens, makes a save, delivers a stunner, to Jimmy Uso before super kicking Solo for good measure as he continues his solo mission against the Bloodline for now after he rebuffed Sami Zayn's offer last week to team up to take down the Bloodline. But I assure you, the reunion is coming very soon with about a month ago before WrestleMania. The slow burn approach is the best way to milk the moment Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens reunite and it will feel so good whenever it happens in a city near you. Next up is by far my favorite match from last night's show. It was Cody Rhodes versus Chad Gable. This match was excellent. I wanted more time because these guys absolutely cooked in the ring. An early highlight was Cody delivering an avalanche inverted superplex off the top rope that popped the crowd as we immediately go to commercial break we come back and we get some great technical wrestling from both guys with Cody going for a figure four leg lock on Chad Gable which is fought out of by the head of the Alpha Academy then in a great counter spot Cody goes for the disaster kick but Chad Gable lifts him up for a German suplex out of nowhere for a very close near fall another highlight was Chad lifting up Cody for a gorgeous cliffhanger DDT followed by our moonsault for two then we get this tandem hip toss to hip toss to hip toss with Cody hip tossing Gable out of the ring before landing a dive on the outside. Otis is distracted by something in the crowd and Cody plays along and Otis gets up to the joke and Otis goes after Cody but Cody is going to send Otis over the barricade before getting back in the ring and landing quite possibly his greatest Cody Cutter in WWE. He got height, spring, elevation he floated in the air and he just happened to crisscross over the wrestlemania sign in the camera cut and he dropped chad gable 
with that cutter with the greatest of ease. It was a chef's kiss before landing the crossroads on Gable, which also has some stank on it for the one, two, three. Loved this match. I wanted more time because these guys were so great together. And Cody grabs a mic to let Roman know that WrestleMania is a little over a month away and you're going to be on Friday Night Smackdown in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Guess where I'll be too? On Friday Night Smackdown in Washington, D.C. Will they share the same airspace? Face-to-face confrontation. That should be a moment heading into their match at WrestleMania for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. And SmackDown's been cooking in the ratings department lately. This could cross 2.5 million viewers. I could see it. Cody's a draw. And having him on SmackDown is going to be something to behold when he goes face-to-face with Roman Reigns with a month to spare before WrestleMania. Next up is Asuka versus Carmella. For me, this match was way too much offense for Carmella. We got a super kick Bronco Buster combo in the corner to Asuka. But Asuka fights back with some nice strikes and she locks in the rings of Saturn on Carmella for the submission victory after the match is over. Asuka calls out Bianca Belair and I think she might do some trash talking in Japanese as well. Bianca comes out to let her know if you said something slick, we got something to talk about. But if you didn't, I'd be happy to face you at WrestleMania and tear down the house for the Raw Women's Championship. And as we have the face-to-face confrontation between Asuka and Bianca Belair, we have Carmella causing trouble by shoving Asuka into Bianca, which leads to Bianca versus Carmella next Monday on Raw, a match I've seen a lot over the last year and a half. I don't want to see it, but it's a bridge to get to Asuka versus Bianca at WrestleMania in a month's time on Peacock, of course. Another match took place last night, which was the epitome of zero heat. The crowd was quiet for Candice LeRae versus Piper Nevin. I love both ladies, but they're blank slates to this audience, and they sat on their hands for this match. Nikki Cross was out there for reasons, and that leads to Piper Nevin getting rolled up by Candice LeRae for the surprise flash pin, and I'm like, good for Candice, but this crowd did not care This leads to more character development for both ladies to be valuable post-WrestleMania season. Then we have Miz TV. The Miz will be the host of WrestleMania this year. Congrats to him. And he's bragging about this honor until Seth Rollins comes out and Seth is letting the crowd serenade him down to the ring and The Miz hates this. But Seth wants to talk to Logan Paul about things that went down between them at the Royal Rumble and most recently Elimination Chamber and Miz is being an ass and Rollins fights back and he curb stomps The Miz, knocks his ass out, takes his phone and The Miz is laid out and Rollins grabs Miz's phone And he unlocks the phone by using the face recognition technology. He FaceTimes Logan Paul, throws some Jake Paul shade after Jake Paul's less than stellar boxing match. And he basically challenges Logan Paul to show up to Monday Night Raw next Monday in Boston, Massachusetts. And Logan Paul says, sure, I'll be there. And (laughs) Rollins hangs up the phone by telling him bye-bye, bitch, which was a great line. And after the match is over, we have Rollins once again curb stomping and already out of it, Miz, to end the segment on a very entertaining note. Seth Rollins is great. The gimmick can be grating sometimes, but he carries it off very well. And I will say this for the record until the cows come home, that starting value for Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul at WrestleMania night one or two is five stars. These guys are going to go out there and put on a show and they're going to absolutely leave everything in the ring by doing crazy shit. And I cannot wait for that. Then we have Bobby Lashley beat up Elias. Quick match. It's a flatliner, a spear, 
and has her lock locked in with a submission victory. Elias gets one knee strike in, but Bobby Lashley destroys him in short order. Then we have the wide video package of him doing the exercise thing with the muscles and shit. Uh, Jazzercise. I'm like, I'm over it. He tries to be sneaky by saying, you should run, fine, whatever. I don't care right now, which is sad to say. And I loved Bray Wyatt for a long time when he was OG cult leader Bray Wyatt in the Wyatt family. That was the best Bray Wyatt. The elevated Wyatt and Fiend stuff from four years ago, that was cool for a time, but it ran its course. And I was intrigued by the new Wyatt and the Wyatt Six and what it represented and meant. And I just don't care right now. I want to care. And this guy can make me care when he'd be. But right now I am out on a limb and I don't give a fuck about any of this. With all due respect to Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley heading into their presumed match at WrestleMania next month in Hollywood by Inglewood. And now it is time for our main event featuring Becky Lynch and Lita, the WWE Hall of Famer versus Damage Controls, Dakota Kai and Neo Sky for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. Before I get into that, Johnny Gargano beats Otis. We have Maxine and the maximum male models out there supervising and observing. Then we have Dexter Loomis try to kidnap Mase. Monsoir tries to make the save. And Johnny Gargano lands a DDT on the apron to Otis, followed by the one final beat, DDT in the ring. That's all you need to know about this. Johnny Gargano will face Finn Balor next Monday, and that should be fucking great. But Back to our regularly scheduled main event involving Becky Lynch and Lita versus Damage Controls, Io Sky and Dakota Kai for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. This was a very fun main event. The fans love Lita. I love Lita. She has been a part of my wrestling fandom for well over 20 years and she still looks absolutely illuminous. The work was kind of so-so in spots, but she is still a star and she carries herself as such. We have some great tandem work by Lita and Becky as a double teamed damage control with suplexes and charges in the corner. As we go to commercial break with Becky landing a cannonball on Kai and Sky, we come back and we have Lynch land a DDT reverse combo on both Kai and Sky before landing a diamond dust on Dakota Kai. She goes for the disarmor, but... We have Eos Sky break things up by going after Becky Lynch. Lands a moonsault on Becky after damage control wipes out Lita at ringside, sitting her face first into the announce table. Then we have Eos deliver a springboard dropkick to Becky to cause even more trouble for the man before they lay each other out with clotheslines in the middle of the ring. So Bailey, ever the opportunist, is going to throw a title belt in the ring. And that distracts the referee long enough for Bailey to circle away around the ring and pull Lita off the apron to prevent Becky from making the hot tag. And that allows Eos Sky and Dakota Kai to land this tandem back suplex on Becky for a very close near fall. Then we hear the sweet sounds of Trish Stratus' theme music. Trish runs out to a great reception. She goes after Bailey and she delivers a Thez press, beats her ass for a bit, and she encourages the leader with a hug to make the hot tag, which she does. And she lands a uh, something. I want to say a DDT on EO Sky for a close near fall. And then we have the moment where Alita goes for a Hurricanrana, which is not perfect. I hate to say it, but it's true. It was not my favorite Rana by Alita, who I adore. But she makes it forward with a nice twist of fate on EO Sky, goes up top of the Alita Salt. But once again, Bailey tries to cause trouble at the ringside by getting on the apron. And Trish yanks her ass down as she delivers the Trish kick to knock out Bailey, which was a great sell job in execution by the Hall of Famer. Tristratus, of course. Then we have Becky Lynch coming through in the clutch by delivering a disarmor to Dakota Kai on the apron, which allows Lita to get up and deliver a pretty Lita Salt 
on EO Sky to become the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions alongside the man, Becky Lynch. Becky is now a triple crown champion, having won the Raw, SmackDown, and now Tag Team titles, a former Warrior Rumble winner as well. She's in it all, practically in the main roster. And we have Lita, Trish, and Becky celebrating the ring to wrap up Monday Night Raw. Now, the fangirl in me, Love this. I love Lita. I love Trish. The rivalry meant so much to me over the years as a fan when their golden era was hitting in WWE. Here's a drawback. I'm happy for Lita and Becky being champions. Once again, heading into WrestleMania, makeshift tag team holds the titles if they're being defended. Trish being in the mix could lead to a six-woman tag at WrestleMania between Damage Control versus Trish, Lita, and Becky Lynch. Cool on paper, but titles on ice, unless you're going to do a title defense during night two of WrestleMania, which could make some sense. But like I said before, these tag team titles must mean something besides having the obligatory match at WrestleMania. And then forget about the titles the rest of the year. Can you remember the last time the tag team titles have been defended on a pay-per-view or PLE? Don't worry, I'll wait. That has got to change. The perception of these titles have to change. You have to build teams up. What happened to Meechin and Candice LeRae? Poof, gone, done. So we have to establish teams that can vie for these championships. And you have to make somebody when the time comes for Lita and Becky to drop the belts. That's important. Make these belts matter from the champions to the championship to the challengers. That's my point. I love the moment, but the follow-up is going to be key heading into the heart of WrestleMania season. And with that, this wraps up an all right episode of Monday Night Raw. Next week is going to be the show with the return of one John Cena in Boston, Massachusetts. And this guy moved about 2,000 tickets in a week. This guy is still the legit draw in WWE and quite possibly all of professional wrestling. From Laredo, Texas to Tampa, Florida to Boston, Massachusetts, the guy is a draw and a numbers mover. We'll see how the numbers check out next Monday as we have Cena in the house, followed by Seth Rollins and Logan Paul face-to-face, Kevin Owens versus Solo Sokoa, Johnny Gagano versus Finn Balor, and Bianca Belair versus Carmella in a non-title match as we will be under a month away from WrestleMania by the time Monday Night Raw rolls around next week. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 161 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady X on Twitter. They can find me tweeting about these podcast shows. The drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT, along with the Sweden Sessions dropping every Monday morning. For your listening pleasure on your favorite podcast platforms. You know what to do. Search Receptopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 104, hopefully, of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. But you know me lately. If the show's not hitting, I will skip and charge my head, not my heart. I'll see you on Thursday if that's the case. Hopefully, I will have good things to talk about regarding NXT as we inch closer to Roblox next Tuesday night on USA. Until then, enjoy your Tuesday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care. Thank you.